Hey guys, welcome back. It's us. Oh. <laughs> Start that over because I don't know why I was looking at that thing because now I think I'm turned up too much. No, no, no. Just keep going. Okay. Leave it in. <laughs> hey, Dan. <laughs> hey, we're here I am. I'm with you. I'm with us. Here I am. <laughs> I was making sure everything was working properly. I'm, I'm here. The Mariah uh, Report. It's Report. the Mariah Report. Yeah, Mariah. There's uh, things to report. A couple things, yeah. A surprising anniversary snuck up on us, which is Music Box 30. I know. I, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me because I remember that era so well. Mm. And I'm like, it can't be 30. It is. If it's 30, that means I'm... <laughs> 29. <laughs> <knows> how old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And we're going to talk about some word on the streets. There's a couple word on the streets. Yes. And it's a good one, too, because, you know, the hot topic is Barbie right now. Oh, yes. Barbie here, Barbie there. It's a and, of course, Barbie's... Mariah's name is being circulated in the conversation. Yes, absolutely. Um, but we'll get into all that kind of other stuff. Um, but how is summer in New York, Martin? What's going on over there? Oy. It's been fun, actually. I had a friend uh, who lives downtown in Soho. Uh, he went on, he's a singer, so he went on tour around Turkey and Greece for two weeks. So I stayed at his house in Soho, which I've never stayed at before in that part of town so i had like a fun little two-week vacation downtown it sounds fabulous in soho and it, all uh, all the things yeah super fun well it's right by new york university so there's like a lot of student action happening oh yes uh-huh and then a lot of rich people action happening oh yes uh-huh and i was just walking around both <laughs> you were right there in the middle of it all investigating it all but yeah. you know it was a different experience <laughs> um it was fun. I went and hung out in like the West Village a lot. Yes. Found some like cool uh, places to eat, places to hang out. Went down to like the pier on the Hudson River, the Christopher okay. Street Pier. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's very popular. Yes. Did a little picnic down there. So it was really fun. Yeah. Oh, um, there's a heat wave over here. Well, yeah. Everybody, I guess the whole world experienced the heat yeah, wave. Yeah, everybody's in a heat wave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope Mariah's holding up well in the heat wave. I think the humidity is good for the voice. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah. It's very <laughs> yeah. humid over there. It's not so much humid here. It's just hot. I was Mariah adjacent. I went and saw her building a few times by happenstance. Oh, really? Oh, you yes. just ha wandered by. I was in that area, yes. Okay, all right, all right. Uh -huh. yes. Oh, those were the good old days, just being able to walk by Mariah's house. Ah. <laughs> uh, Good old days. <laughs> oh, the good old days of stalking. Well, she's there in California 50-50 now, it seems I like. Know. I know, but you never know where she is. She's at here until like she leaves. I guess. No, yeah. Me. Yeah. So you just have what's to happening? Yeah, what's happening over there in LA? Oh, with me, absolutely nothing. Just trying to make it through these hot days. I want to describe what I'm seeing on the video to the listeners. Um, uh, Dan has plants in his background. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Now They're I'm... lush, <laughs> thriving plants. But he's also wearing a shirt with leaves and sticks. And so he's blended. I see eyeballs and lips moving. <laughs> it's all plant-based. <laughs> it's plant-based. It's very vegan, this episode. I was like, what are you seeing? I don't know. Oh, my God. And I was like, is my hair not right? It's fine. No, I'm just uh, surrounded by plants, my whole face. <laughs> very L.A. Yes, it is very L.A. They love the plants over here. You know what they love in L.A.? They love plants, uh, milkshakes. Vegan, vegan <laughs> and, food. And DJing. Everyone's a DJ here. Everyone's a DJ. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. So, yes, but plants is a thing. Well, you know, because I have to fill up the room somehow. Yeah, you need plants. You need plants. I'll come out a stack of plants over there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but they're doing well in the heat because sometimes... They love the heat. You know, I got to turn... Yeah, I got to turn the AC on for me. But, like, I'm like, well, maybe it's too cold in here for these plants. So I have mm -hmm. to turn it off. No, this is the growing season for them because of the heat. 
oh it's definitely growing i'm like oh my god this one over here is growing so much i don't even know what to do with it mm-hmm. but anyways yes <laughs> i've been at home taking care of my plants <laughs> clearly i can tell <laughs> i'm like you're turning into one i literally <laughs> oh man um hey um, by the way there was no episode the last week or two if or if you're wondering why there's no episode there actually is an episode we had a technical meltdown um however there's like an unedited long patreon plus version over at patreon.com and it's free so go check it out over there patreon.com slash the mariah report the links in in the description you can legit just play it for free over there yeah like just all the way because we talk about good things over there um like mariah's um touch my body tiktok moment yeah other moments and all that kind of stuff so go there hear it and check it out yeah um Okay, but there's Mariah stuff to talk about this week. Okay, so there's, yes, there's some things. There's some good things. Shall we start with the word on the streets? Let's do the word on the street, but also we're going to read the entire Rolling Stone article because it was so good as well, coming up. Oh, it was a good read. Good Good read. read. We love a good read over here, you know? Yes, yes. Okay. We need it. So there's two word on the streets that I actually want to talk about today. Because you know me, I'm always scrolling through some sort of social media, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the first one, I don't know, but like this man tweeted it. So I'm just going to relay the information, okay? Because I don't know anything about what he's talking about. But um, this person, Freddie Fred Frenchy, one on Twitter, he tweeted a, a photo x oh yes oh my god it's x oh my god how dare i i'm, I'm sorry sorry to mislabel <laughs> it had a tr- transitional moment yes hey you gotta you gotta transition to whatever you need to be okay now we're x it's gonna take me a while but then you know what i'm like i'm not calling it x because I'm from Chicago, and when they changed the name of the Sears Tower building, I'm like, I'm still going to call it Sears Tower. Because mm. that's what I've known forever. What is that? That's a building. Okay, in uh, iconic <laughs> building in Chicago? In Chicago, yes. <laughs> what is it now? Now it's like the Willis Tower. But they oh. it probably like a decade ago. So it's but, like a stadium they can sponsor the building? Well, it's not a stadium. It's like it's a skyscraper. Oh, but now, but yeah, like new I owners. Guess it was, it was yeah, exactly like, you know, how all like Sears used to own it or something. They used to have like their offices in it. Uh. So like they like owned a big majority of it. So they called it the Sears Tower. I don't know the story behind it, but I know they changed it to Willis Tower because, you know, Sears doesn't exist anymore. Right. Doesn't it? Was it that, does. a, that was a store, wasn't it? Like a hardware yeah, store? Yeah, like a, yeah, department store. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know if they're in business or out of business, but I haven't seen one in decades. And then they changed the name to the Willis Tower. And I was like, well, girl, you could change name. I'd still the Sears Tower. Okay. But anyways, um, they tweeted. Um, they I don't know what you call it even now. They tweeted. It, it, he, they, he says, seems like Mariah Carey and I are about to get back on the road again. Anyway, we'll let you know about that soon. For now, get to them culture card pre-sales, which I think is an N- NFT. So we can't get into that. But No, you know the NFTs are allegedly all going bankrupt. Yes, I heard about that. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Well, it makes sense. It's the only thing that makes sense about them to me. And they're going to jail, all those executives? Uh, no, I didn't hear that. Yes, allegedly. Okay. Well, allegedly, Mariah's going on tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, back to the, the juicy part. <laughs> Hang on. Let's break it down. Who is this person? No idea. Absolutely. And he thinks Mariah no is going on tour. With soon. him. With him. Okay. If something's happening soon, that means Christmas. Because Christmas is around the corner now. It's August. Uh, that's true. So it could be Christmas related. And maybe she's doing some shows, some Christmas shows. 
Did you hear the word on the street that she's going to be doing a Christmas show at that new sphere thing in Vegas? I did hear. I did hear that word on the street. I did. Which could be a thing. And I wouldn't be surprised because like we've discussed before, that thing is a Madison Square Garden thing. And she has the phone number to them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and that's going to be, so that'll be big. Could you imagine Mm -hmm. when they turn it into a big Mariah Snow Globe? Yeah. And they played the music video all over the globe. I can't, I can't, I can't wait. I'll go to Vegas for that. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be good times. But they better start selling tickets this August. I need to know how much I'm, in this economy, I need to start saving now. Exactly. You need to know ahead of time. Yeah. We don't have time for this. Um, but anyway, so we'll look out for any word on that. It's probably a Christmas thing, if anything. She'll probably do a few dates here or there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also Christmas-related is the other word on the street. And now we have talked about it here on the Mariah Report a few times. It's been circling around the rumor mill for many, many months, even from last Christmas season. Mm -hmm. It is the Mariah Carey and Barbie collaboration for a holiday Mariah Carey Barbie. Mm -hmm. Now, those are the big Barbies because my friend is a doll collector. He tells me all about it. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other genre of fans. Oh, the doll doll community. They're serious. They're very serious. It's a very serious, very uh, profitable thing as well. Yes, yes, the collectibles. Oh, yes, honey. I watched an episode of The Hoarders recently. Oh, yeah. Oh, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I am obsessed with The Hoarders, which is probably a form of hoarding in and of itself. But (laughs) hoarding light. (laughs) But there was a woman on there, and she was a a hoarder, but she also hoarded Barbie dolls. Oh. Yes. And... um, she had, I'm going to make a long story short. Wait, describe the horde. Was it like piled <laughs> hoard, up together? Okay, the horde is like a lot of dolls and it's also a lot of junk. So yes, everything is piled to the ceilings. You can see that like there are boxes like of Barbie dolls that have never been opened that are piled mm-hmm. to the ceiling. But mm. there's also like, you know, filth and everything like that. Rats and the flat cat and stuff. Oh, oh the flat <laughs> Yes, all of that. All of that is there. But they always the can't find the cat, and then they find the cat. <laughs> we'll always find the cat. And sometimes the flat cat is in the freezer. <laughs> sometimes, not always, but sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, so it is like a, it's a hybrid of a horde here because we got the dirty filth and then we got the dolls. Mm. Now, most of the dolls are in boxes and they're not like terribly, you know, you know, hoarded, Mm. like in terms of like, you know, feces and, you know, rat urine and all those kinds of things. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, she has them in mainly in boxes and stuff. So they're going through one box her and the hoarder like the lady who helps them organize Mm -hmm. and she's like okay you have to throw some of these away and you have to keep some of these you choose but like let's let's go and it takes them an hour to go through one box of 50 dolls Mm. and she keeps most of them um and then the hoarder organizer lady she's like okay um you see how long that took just to go for 50 dolls. <laughs> and she's like, yes, I see how long that took. And she's like, well, you have 18,000 more dolls to go through. So what? we have to speed this up. Oh my yeah. God. She had over 18,000 Barbie dolls. Here's my question. How do they afford this stuff? That's what I always say. I'm like, where do you get the money for this? I can't I mean, afford to be a hoarder in general. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what I want to hoard. <laughs> I don't have the money for it. I not have money to hoard. Yes. I not believe it. I mean, she'd obviously been collecting for years and she had some old Barbie dolls as well. But anyways, again, long story short, I'm going to make this long story medium story. Mm. Um, they eventually bring in an appraiser oh. to appraise the doll collection because, again, most of them are in pretty good shape. Uh-huh. And this man comes in and he looks at all the dolls And he gives them a rough estimate. He's like, well, on the low end, I think you're looking at half a million dollars. 
What? Half a million dollars. And the husband who's been living with his wife, who's been hoarding this whole time, his face just like lights up like he just won the lottery. And he's like, oh my God, we are selling these dolls, girl. Yes. (laughs) And like the whole first half of the episode, like the husband was miserable. He was horrible. Like they were arguing, they were fighting. As soon as he sees those dollar signs, he's like, oh, honey, can we get a few more of these dolls? Mm -hmm. Pile them on. And he was just (laughs) like, he was just happy as could be after he found out that he's sitting on half a million dollars. Oh my God. Yeah. Could you believe it? So, that goes to serious. Dolls collecting is serious. <laughs> Very serious. <laughs> and profitable, apparently. Yes, yes, honey. And that's why, okay, so now my friend sent me a Facebook post from a doll collector um, who's very big and well-known in the doll collecting world. Their name is um, Papasil or something like that. They're from Romania, but they oh. they have the inside on like all the dolls, all the Barbies, what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And they posted um, just a few days ago, they say, great piece of news. The Mariah Carey holiday Barbie has started to pop up at toy suppliers in lots of different countries. So we could, we should be getting a glimpse of her pretty soon. <sighs> That's what I said. Toy suppliers. Right. So they're is, probably... That, wait, does that mean this toy store or the people who make the I toy think or distribute I, the toy? I think it's like a... It's either... They're not in the toy stores yet, obviously, but... Uh-huh. So I'm thinking it's a maker, the toy makers, or the toy... Yeah, something like that. Maybe we need a doll expert to help us out, but the yeah. way you described it, maybe it's like Mattel makes... The doll in China, uh huh. Then it gets shipped to like a warehouse in the different countries, and then they uh, supply it to the different shops in supplier. the area. Yeah. It sounds like a supplier, then yes, uh huh. That makes sense. So that means they're physically made. Well, you know, it takes a while to make a Barbie. Yeah, yeah. So okay, that sounds even more exciting, and it's obviously a holiday Barbie. So those are very like high end. So these dolls are probably going to be like eighty to a hundred dollars. Oh, retail price. <gasps> yeah, so it's a high end Barbie. The holiday Barbies are always a thing. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, girl. It's happening. It is happening. I'm telling you, it's happening. Mariah Barbie, exciting. I know. Well, Barbie's so hot right now, people are going to go nuts for Mariah Carey Barbie. Exactly. That's why we got to get right in there and we have to get our hands on those immediately. You better buy two or three, honey, because... Because apparently they're worth more money in your hoard (laughs) when you hoard them up. Hoard them up, girl. More dollars. (laughs) You might have to hoard them for 20 years, but that's all right. (laughs) You could buy a house with that. (laughs) And we're not talking Barbie dream house. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's sort of exciting. Yes, exactly. It's, it's definitely happening because again, I will also remind everyone that um, a few months ago, or maybe at the top of the summer, um, the Mariah network had tweeted something saying, uh, and they tagged Mariah X Barbie. Mm -hmm. And so that to me, sort of symbolizes that yes it's, it's happening official because they got you know they got inside information over there yes Obviously. and we had that um leak where someone hacked the coding on the target website and somehow found mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a space yeah. for a mariah carey bobby exactly so yes that's why the stores are probably getting ready and they have like you know they're getting their systems ready to have right. that item. yes so it's happening it seems happening. like it. I think it's happening this year. It's going to have to happen this year. Well, perfect timing. Like, I'm glad it wasn't like a random Christmas last year or in five years. Mm-hmm. Now that Barbie is so popular right now, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Could not be any better. I hope I hope she's like gorgeous. I don't know what kind of hair they're going to give her. What kind of hair do you think they're going to give her? Yikes. Do you think flat hair? I don't know. You know what? I? The only thing that I hope they don't do... Santa hat? Yes, I don't want a Santa hat. Mm -mm, I mm -mm. also do not want the outfit from the cover of Merry Christmas. It's going to be. 
I know I don't want it to be, but it's a holiday Barbie. So like a holiday Barbie has usually got a big gown, you know, jewels and glamour. Well, don't forget, Barbie can change clothes. Yeah, th- she can, but... Maybe we've got options. But this is a doll that you don't want to take out of the box. True, yeah. I mean, you got to buy one. You, you buy This is why you buy two. You know, back <laughs> to how I used to do with my Mariah magazines back in the day. You buy one to cut up and put in your scrapbook. Yeah. And then you buy one to put, <laughs> put in the hoard. In the hoard. <laughs> Mariah hoarding box that stays in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's worth a few thousand dollars. A few thousand dollars. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So that's why you got to buy two. Okay. Well, I think that's exciting. Yeah. Something I different. Again, I hope it, it, I hope it goes in the announcement of like Christmas things. So hopefully by October, which is right around the corner, mm-hmm. she'll release like if she's doing Christmas shows this season, the announcing of Barbie. It could be a big Christmas season for her. October is too... Between October and December is too close of a time frame for selling tickets. I need more lead time. I know, I know. But you know how they do nowadays. Like, they don't... I, don't, I mean, unless you're like Beyonce or Taylor Swift, they don't announce tickets... Um, you know, that far out anymore Yeah, for the smaller, you know, moments. Know. Like, when did we find out she was doing, you know, Madison Square Garden last year? I can't even remember. I think it was pretty quick. Right. Yeah. So I think it's going to be in that October sort of time frame, uh-huh. like fourth quarter. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, keep an eye out. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. I'm actually like low key looking forward to watching the Christmas specials again. Oh, I love the first it. one and the third one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave in particular the second one <laughs> for for another time. But yeah, absolutely, I, I cannot wait. Same. And now we can watch it with our holiday Barbie, like a true psychopath. Exactly, <laughs> with our dolls. <laughs> dolls are very serious. How dare you? <laughs> Uh, well, shout um, out to the doll community for supplying that information. <laughs> yes, honey, this is what, where you need it. You got to like, you know, cross pollinate your information sometimes. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, you no know? stone unturned around here. We will oh, check yes. out the doll community blog if you say <laughs> Mariah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say that, you know, I was at, obviously when my friend sends me that, you know, I have to ask follow up questions, multiple yeah. follow up questions. And I was like, who is this person? Where are they from? Have they ever had this information before? Are How reliable is this? You know, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, well, they're pretty well known in the doll collecting community or so. so. And so and then he's like, let me go check the Barbie Reddit pages. Oh. And he was like, okay, nobody's really, you know, saying anything over there as of yet. So, but he'll keep me posted. Interesting. Yeah. But you okay. got it everywhere. Well, group effort. Everybody fan out and start digging up Barbie information. Yes. Tell us everything you learn. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's, a, it's happening. So let's just stay on top of it for now. Um, but we should talk about the Rolling Stone article that came out recently to celebrate Music Box 30. Mm-hmm. Do we want to talk about how Mariah is not really mentioning Music Box 30? Yeah, I guess she has not. But I'm, I'm sort sure of... we're going to get something. She'll say something. When's the official Music Box 30 date? August 31st, I believe. Oh, so we still have a month. Yeah. You know what, though? I feel like something tells me Mariah tweeted something about it not too, not too long ago. Um. I'm surprised Sony isn't doing anything because it was such a big seller for them. Right. I mean, there should be all kinds of like anniversary editions because 30 is a big number. What did we get? And it was like music box that had the gold cardboard around it. Was it like the 20th anniversary. Oh, I probably. I know it was a CD though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was gold. It was 
I think, yeah. So what? That was 10 years ago. So it was, no, it was before that. I was at the record store. Then maybe it was 10. It was like, it must have been 10. Yeah. It was in the 2000s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm surprised they're not doing something like that. But you can't do CDs. So what would you do? Just release stuff. Who says you can't do CDs? A vinyl. A vinyl. Yeah, but haven't we gotten vinyls? We got the vinyls when she did the MC30 things. We got Mm. the vinyl from Vinyl Me Please. Like, what else could she give us? You know, in terms of, like, physical. Yeah. Yeah, we got the um, the music video. Anytime I mean, you need a friend. S- snippets. Remember the last yeah. video? I think she gave us all the music box stuff. Yeah, I think she did. So there's nothing, unless she comes up with a whole new thing, but, like, who knows? What about they gave Hero a special moment? That's been such an iconic thing from Music Box. Okay, that'd be cute. But again, I feel like she would she would let us know by now. It's August 2nd, 3rd. Mm-hmm. So we would already know because if the anniversary is coming up the 31st, I think it's the 31st, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, I feel like it would already be announced or something. Okay, but what's what's making me nervous is that we're now moving through the catalog. Um, Daydream 30 is going to be concerning. Oh, I can't. I can't. I cannot. And then Butterfly 30 and Rainbow 30. Can you believe it? I can't Uh -uh. even comprehend. Stop the clock. Immediately, if not sooner. (laughs) Are you kidding me? It's wild. I know. Because I so remember those days. But it also feels like yesterday was MC30, the original. I know. Now it's like MC30 something or another. Plus. (laughs) Yeah. No, but like I remember, you know, watching the Dream Lover video. I remember getting, you know, the, 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 all the remixes and whatnot. All that kind of stuff. Like that was like big. It was big moments. They Mm -hmm. were big moments. Now I don't know when I got the, the remixes. It might have been more towards like 94 or so but yeah probably definitely in 94 because i didn't actually get the album until christmas of 93 Mm. you know so like like dream lover just did its 30th anniversary of the day it was released Mm -hmm. um and then the album came out and then i got it for christmas so i probably heard the remixes and everything in 1994 at some point interesting so I was probably a little late to the game, but what do I know? I was just a little baby gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, they did a, a great Rolling Stone um, write-up on the impact of Dream Lover, specifically the Club Rick remix by David Morales. Right. And it was um, a fabulous read. Should we read it or read highlights from it? What should we do with it? Um, let's just read some some highlights, you yeah. know, because they, they did sit down with David Morales. I know. And um, he had some good things to say, but it was interesting to get a peek behind the scenes, behind the curtains of I know. their magic together. All right, let's get into it. So this is from Rolling Stone, from their Pop Milestone section, and it's by Cliff Johanu. Yeah. Um, title... How Mariah Carey's Dream Lover Changed Dance Remixes. So not only is she out here changing like the singing game, now she's over here changing the remix game already. In 1993, like let's just bring ourselves back to like what clubs were like back then. Yeah, because I was thinking about this. We've got to tell the younger generation, we didn't have streaming growing up. It didn't exist. Mm Mm-mm. So you had very few options to listen to music. It was your personal collection at home, the radio, mm-hmm. or the club. Right. And I was too young to go to the club. Me too. Me <laughs> well, too. I was not at the dance club in 1993. Yeah, absolutely not. But yeah, so those were your options. But that's a, like going to the club to listen to music was a big thing. Yes, new music especially. 
yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like it had impact, like mm-hmm. the way that TikTok impacts everybody now. That's what the club used to be. Right. Yes. What's everybody listening to? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, okay. So, subtitle 30 years ago, Carrie got control of her remixes for the first time. The Death Club version of Dream Lover that followed was a 10 minute odyssey of dance, pop, house, soul. Oh, house gospel and a vocal exhilaration and a turning point. Um, okay. 30 years ago, when Mariah Carey stepped into the studio with David Morales and transformed Dream Lover, her seventh Billboard number one, into an underground dance floor smash. It didn't just place the singer-songwriter in front of a whole new audience. It changed the pop dance remixing forever. Now, already, I cannot name you another person who re-sings their dance mixes, their club mixes. Right. And i that's the thing. Like, we've had remixes by Mariah at this point, you know, especially yeah. like Someday, Emotions. Uh-huh. We've had remixes. But those were not the remixes that, that were playing in the in the deep house clubs right you know like they were playing those in like maybe you know other clubs but not the like the house clubs right um and for context mariah's being branded as this girl next door the serious singer songwriting was barely a blip back then for her so she's like this celine dion-esque performer right basically right polished the house mixes, these are like gritty warehouse clubs with all kinds of things going on inside. Yes. Honey, the total yeah. opposite of what her image is at the time. Right. Yeah. And when you when you say uh, who else was re-singing their remixes, I really can't remember. I know Madonna had all has always been at the top of the dance club charts. Yes. Um, and some of her music naturally lended itself in in those house places but i don't think she ever re-sang anything mm-hmm, no you know what i mean yeah and you think who else i don't think any other pop artist had ever this could be a good question for the audience who else does this in the or style who, of mariah yeah who else did it before mariah or, or even today like who's doing it today i don't even know well yeah that's true as well yeah yeah okay by 1993, Carrie, I'm going to, they say Carrie, I'm going to say Mariah. Just feels better. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> By 1993, Mariah was already a phenomenon. Having seen her first five releases hit the top 100, there were huge expectations for her third album, Music Box, and its lead single, Dream Lover, released on July 27th of that year. Both would go on to deliver that result selling tens of millions of units worldwide. But this was also the first time Carrie Mariah had control of her remixes. And the result would push her to a new level of super superstar cool. See, Mariah was cool back then. Uh, of course. You know, Still I, cool, but you know what I mean. She was yes, like, cool. Absolutely. Everyone was loving Mariah. I was watching just recently a clip of her music box tour. You know, when like last year, maybe some of those, um, the video clips had leaked. Yeah. And when you look at who's in the audience, and you can even see this on the Thanksgiving special or anything from back in those early 90s. Yeah. Everybody was loving Mariah. Uh-huh. Everybody. The straight, there were tons of straight men <laughs> jamming yeah. out to Mariah. Yeah. Everyone loved her. They love. Uh, okay. One night in 1993, I was at... Oh, this is the writer. Um, I was at the infamous after-hours club, Trade, at Turnmills, then London's only after-hour venue. Located in desolate Clerkenwell, <laughs> um, an area long since gentrified and now more famous for boutique shops and quirky cocktail bars. Trade was a sprawling basement club that was everything Studio 54 wasn't. Industrial, dark, and more deviant in its hedonism. Hedon, hedonism. It has often been cited as an inspiration to Berlin's famous 
Berg, Bergain. Do you know what that is? No. I think it's some sort of like infamous club um, in Berlin. Club in Berlin. <laughs> Girl, they know how to party in Berlin now. Yeah, it goes down in Berlin, apparently. Yeah, it goes down. Uh, okay, the door entry policy was renowned for being tricky and picky. We never knew if we would get in. Oh, also, back in the day, it was all about getting into the club, too. Of course, because there were a million people waiting outside. Yes, so you had to get picked to get in. It was a whole thing. Um, it infamously, allegedly, turned away Cher as when she arrived with an entourage in a limo, and Madonna was ru- rumored to have been spotted on the dance floor circa Hooray of Light era. Uh, so this is in the 90s. This is all like mid-90s. I was legally too young to be in the club, but back then no one didn't need a photo. You didn't. No one needed a photo ID to get in. Just the right amount of wit to charm the bouncer. DJs would eventually cross over from trade to mainstream success, like Tony Devitt and Fat Tony. Spun only the freshest, edgiest, mu- edgiest music, hard, uh, hard ass techno on the main dance floor. David's domain and a funkier house sound in the trade light room. It was here on the dance floor that I had that I first heard the Death Club mix of De- of Dream Lover. All right, imagine that visual. You're in a club, a basement club in London in the nineties. It's dark and gritty, and here comes Mariah's voice, the Dream Lover remix. I would just die because that sounds like fun. Right. Everybody knows the song, right? Yeah. Because it's huge everywhere. So everyone knows Dream Lover. Yes. And then to hear it in this new, entirely new format. And you've probably never heard it before as well. Right. Oh, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have heard this on the radio. No. No, not. You would not have been able to see it on the YouTube or anything. No, it didn't exist. Literally, like... I mean, that's sort of one thing I miss of those days, the excitement over, like, hearing new things. Mm-hmm. Not just Mariah, but, like, music in general. Now, yeah. you know, everybody's teasing things or, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. New Music Friday on your Spotify. Don't, don't have yeah. to go anywhere. It's on your phone. Um, okay, trade was a gay club or queer by today's standards. Although that word was then yet to be reclaimed, but its music was worlds away from the fluffy songs found in the clubs of Soho. They didn't spin commercial records, and they definitely didn't play records by pop stars. Yet, David Morales' reinterpretation of Dream Lover was an altogether different beast than the original. It dared to take pop and make it darker, dancier, and even dirtier. When they asked me... So this is a quote from David. When they asked me to remix this record, I was like, I can't do anything with this, Morales says when we speak via video call. Quote, my job was to make a dance record, you know what I mean, for the clubs, and that original and that original just didn't lend itself to it at all. I was never a pop fan. Mariah actually opened that door for me, and when I first heard Dream Lover, the original, to be honest, I hated it. It just wasn't my kind of music. See, interesting. Um, At the time, pop remixes tended to take the lead singer's vocal and sped it up. But Morales knew that cut and paste formula wouldn't resonate with his audience. To To bring the breezy original into his late night world, he needed to start from scratch. Quote, from David, I never, I had never gone into the studio with an artist of that caliber ever. He says of his shot in the dark request to have Carrie's, oh, shot in the dark request to have Carrie's re, to have Carrie re-vocal the track. Quote. So as a joke, I just said, listen, the only way this will happen is if she will sing. She will have to re-sing the song. Never in a million years would I think that it would actually happen. But she said. I'll do it. That's unheard of. It is unheard of, but that just goes to show that Mariah's not like she's like, yeah, you want you want to sing a house song? Like, let's for the clubs. I could sing anything. 
Right. And, he, and it was also seeing the collaboration, David actually saying, no, if you want me to do it, I need her to re-sing the songs. Yeah. So so it's not, wasn't Mariah's one idea, wasn't the label's idea. You see where the, the synergy is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also, like, on, like, by happenstance as well. What if he never said that and was like, just, no, I'm not doing this. We might never have had all the, our amazing remixes. I know. Could you believe it? I Like, spur of a moment, decision. Yeah. Yikes. Um, okay, the first challenge was to change the key of the track. The original song was in a major key, Morales notes. How do you take that song and put it into a minor key because you're going somewhere else? You're changing the whole attitude of the song. Morales says the process was very collaborative. She, quote, she's tailor-made every, she tailor-made everything to the track. It gave it a different tone. It gave her a darker edge. It allowed her to have, a more, to have more attitude when singing. The remix delivered a 180 turnaround in tone and mood. Carrie's delivery went from the wistful wanting of a blissful love in its original incarnation to a sensual desire, a yearning for a lover that manifested in this new take. It was a taste of the Carrie to come. Oh, yeah, okay. We just had the same thought. It was a taste of Carrie to come. The one who would be fully realized four years later with Honey, the first track of the Butterfly album. My thought was, oh, actually, is this the beginning of the Butterfly album? Mm. I mean, maybe. Because now like, we're breaking out of like the label mold and he heading into like dirty, yes, well, sexier Mariah. Yeah, different genre, different mood. Different, different attitude. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like because, also, because the Dream Lover remix was such a success, that's when Mariah started doing those little club interludes. Uh -huh. You know, with Daydream and Butterfly. Yes. And it's like, yes, this actually really is me. Uh -huh. Like, I, this is a part of me, you know? Uh-huh. We hadn't heard that on an album before. Nothing of the sort. No. But look at how she had to like to get control of her music. She had to like wiggle through the side door and like, can I just do like one remix? Right, exactly. I mean the same thing. She had to sort of like wiggle through the side door and then make sure it was a hit. Uh-huh. You know, same thing with fantasy. It's like, okay, I'll get there, but I must be a hit. They mm -hmm. gotta do this right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're a genius like Mariah, it's probably gonna be right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the original the original Dream Lover is cute and it's like, hold my hand and then let's take a walk in the park, Morales says. It's a whole different approach. Now, with the remix, you can really hear her emotions of what's going on because she's more naked in the track. Clubs were like, this is Mariah. It was like, oh shit, mama can sing a club hit. I never, I had never even heard of Mariah like that. I never had never heard Mariah like that. She opened up. She always had that because you can't teach that. You have to have it. Mm -hmm. Yes. The record feels as ambitious in scope today as it did, as it was back then. Opening with the echoing electronic beats alongside Carrie's syncopa syncopated ad-libs, um, bouncing up and down in pitch before the piano riff kicks in and that unmistakable voice echoes out. Dream Lover quotes, lyrics, yada, yada, yada. Um, the remix was less conventional and was a less conventional interpolation, which we know from our masterclass. We know oh, what that means. Course. Yes, yes. And a more outright reworking of a radio-friendly pop song. It dared to be dangerous. It was an amazing experience, says Morales. I learned a lot about vocals working with Mariah Carey. She's no joke. She puts in the work. She can sing. There's no auto-tuning with her. There's no fixing shit. Mama's the fucking real deal. Six minutes into the record, when Morales drops a serious sound bomb... And then the ensuing 
explosions that make you think it's all over, the track takes us deeper into the night. With the sound, the sounds get twisted and turned, the pace slows, and the beat builds as Carrie's whistle tones open into a full gospel house breakdown. At the 908 minute, at at nine at nine oh eight into the remix, the singers then backing vocalist Kelly Price, Melanie Daniels, and Sean Ray, Sean Ray Price, join her to take the record to church to close the track before the lead star's vocal fade us out. Um Quote from David, when you, when she's doing her pop records, you're not hearing the church girl, he adds Morales, of how mainstream Mariah was presented at the time. I mean, you're hearing Mariah, make no mistake, but on this remix, it's somewhere, but on this remix is somewhere where she gets to go into others into another zone. Tapping into Mariah's connection into the church and adding gospel house sound elements um to an already colossal production was fur- was another forward thinking moment gospel house at the time existed on the fringes of the clubland although prevalent today it was then emerging it was then a it was a then emerging subgenre born out of the need for black and gay young men and women to gather and celebrate life in sanctuaries away from the persecution of religion. Oh, inter- oh, I never thought of it like that. I'm telling you that this, this, they go deep. Go enjoy the music out of the church. Uh-huh. Inter- I never thought of that. Yeah, I mean, with this dream lover, just like what he was saying about how like, you know, when the bomb drops, mm-hmm. the dream lover death jam mix, death remix, whatever it's called, it, it takes you through a series of emotions because there's so many twists and turns. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and then when it comes to the background singers all singing Dream Lover, uh-huh. like it's like it's a magical voyage from the first second to the last second because you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. It's, and it it just takes on so many different lives in one song. It's really superb. Yeah. But also just imagine being in the club, you're hearing it super loud, so you're hearing all the fine details and everyone's moving their body to it as well. Like really Why? absorbing the music. Yeah. And then I just had a thought, but also the music is, because it has church elements in it, also a spiritual experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's soul to it. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, writing for the Tool Room Records website, Kristen J. Carley says that the parallels between clubs and ch- oh, here we go. The parallels between clubs and churches are clear. Early mornings spent in the company of friends, old and new, singing and dancing along to music served down upon us from an elevated booth is no different to a Sunday service where sermons are commanded by a preacher from a raised pulpit. These days, the DJ is now is our reverend, and the records are our psalms. In its in its entire entirety, <laughs> entirety, the Deaf Club mix of Dream Lover shines as a ten minute and forty six second odyssey of dance, pop, house, gospel, and vocal exhilaration. Best enjoyed loud on a quality sound system. It was an instant statement that Carrie was stepping out of the realms of expectation and ready to position herself as an artist at the forefront of the game, adding her own unique stamp on dance music, embracing the genre effortlessly yet authentically. The Dream Lover remix had a bigger effect in the UK than it did in America. It went more bananas in the UK, recalls Morales. In America, yes, eventually it did, but they didn't. But they didn't first sell it in America. It was only prom, It was promo only. They didn't want, want Mariah to be known as a dance artist. 
Morales believes Sony held off distributing the remix in the U.S. for the fear of tarnishing Carrie's then all-American sweetheart status as a polished pop star on whom they banked and generated multi-platinum records. Mariah didn't need a remix, adds Morales. Dream Lover was a massive, was massive anyway, with or without that. But Mariah, she loved and cared about the, about Clubland. She cared about our culture. I have so many different versions of Dream Lover that nobody has ever heard. Ugh. What? I don't know. I mean, we have a pretty perfect one already. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it was an era that foreshadowed a Carrie ready to cut loose from the safe space of balladeering pup. Where the original Dream Lover dipped its toes into R&B beats, the remix dove headfirst into the underground club world. Carrie was getting ready to fly. See, this was the beginning of Butterfly. Now that we're reading this, I've changed my theory. <laughs> Do you remember our theory was like Daydream was the beginning of Butterfly? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're seeing how like this, I don't know how to describe it. Like it was, I don't know, the seed was planted here. Yes, the seed, definitely. Absolutely. That's how, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do, 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 do. Um, in the era for, uh, wait, did I read that? Carrie was getting ready to fly. Uh, what would come next would be the singer-songwriter embracing hip-hop in its fullest. On Fantasy, featuring Old Dirty Bastard. Uh, two years later, a pivotal moment that brought a hard-edged hip-hop rapper to a pop superstar and a pop superstar together on mainstream radio in a way that no artist of Carrie's level had ever done. Morales and Carrie would go on to collab on the equally massive Fantasy Def Club mix and criminally underrated... Always, always my baby. Always club mix. Criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. Criminal. Lambs included. <laughs> Criminal activities for not <laughs> appreciating <laughs> that club mix. Um, which both transformed their palatable, original, radio-friendly takes into free-falling dance epics that dared to re-envision two of Carrie's biggest hits as no-nonsense dance records. The success of the first Death Club mix of Dream Lover resonated across Clubland. Respected DJs were suddenly spinning a remix by the singer they only knew as the voice behind Vision of Love. Suddenly, Carrie had stepped out of the mainstream and was now cool. For years after its release, the Dream Lover Death Jam mix would rank in the annual Top 100 list of DJ Mag. And altered and altered the perception that a pop song could also become a credible club smash. It sounds as uncompromisingly fresh today as it did in 1993. The hallmark of a genuine game changing. The hallmark of genuine game changing music. Carrie's continual devotion to Christmas may be pushing back any hopes of a long overdue summer jam. Until that time, her legacy will speak for her. Amen. Well, that was very good. It was very good. Somebody gets it. Now I have some new thinking to do. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really good because, again, that was just a game changing. And, of course, I was listening to the Dream Lover MC30 EP Uh that has all the remixes on it. And... It really is timeless. Like, I don't go to like, you know, now they're called circuit parties where they would Mm -hmm. play like all that kind of music. I don't go to those, but like you could play this and people would still be gagging over it Mm -hmm. 30 years later. Mm -hmm. Like that's pretty impressive. Right. And it people, I don't know if people realize because a lot of the big clubs are closed down. Like back in the day, there was a lot of clubs you could go to. Yeah, and they were huge. Huge. And like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But people would, it was a particular style of music because people were taking drugs. And so the flow of the song 
had meaning and importance to it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it and it like affected people's drug experience too. So I think that's like where the gritty dirtiness comes into it. Like you're sort of making drug music. I mean, yeah, that's one of the elements of it. You don't have to be on drugs with these things. You don't have to be on drugs, but it's part be. of the experience. <laughs> um, when you're at these circuit parties, you can tell what's going on. Yeah. So interesting that she would tap in, like, young 20-something-year-old married to Tommy Matola Mariah was tapping into these venues. Yeah. I Well, I think it just goes to show that Mariah really has always had her hand in all kinds of music, you know, like growing up listening to the radio. Obviously, she's not hearing, you know, club remixes on the radio, but like she's listening to all genres. She's she's out in the clubs as probably a young teenager sneaking into the you in know, New York City or New York City, of course, like, come on um, in the 90s. Yeah. Or well, in the 80s, probably as a teenager. As a teen, but even like the early nineties was still clubalicious. Yeah, but do you think Mariah Carey, multi Grammy award winning, uh, big, she's just walking into the club? Well, we know she likes to stay up all night. Well, maybe she maybe was, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying. I mean, like, you know, as a teen, you go out to like the clubs and stuff. I mean, back then. Yeah, yeah. I got. I don't know what the teens do now. Make TikToks, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just thinking like with the a lot of these clubs that were like big and they played this kind of music for me, I came on like I was old enough at like the right as they were going out. Same. You know, like sort of at the end of the 90s, like a lot of them were shutting down because of like activities or, you know, we're cleaning up the streets, whatever. Gentrification. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, you know, I would go when I was in New York, you know, stalking Mariah at a young age, I was going to the Roxy. Yes. The Roxy. Uh, yes. I was going to the, the big clubs that were playing this kind of music. I went to the and Roxy. That, you know, yes. I went to the Roxy and they played Honey. I remember they played a few Mariah tracks at the Roxy. Yeah, for sure. I was here on vacation. Yeah. I was 20 years old. I got in underage. Yes, girl. You, cause the, you could do it. Yeah. You could do it. Now everything is like, not only do I have to check your ID, I have to scan, scan your it. ID. Yes. So yes, we're talking about a different day and age. I was, yes, we were lucky enough to sort of get it right there on the tail end to experience some of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, good times, good times. And Mariah, as always game changer. Yeah. In the club. Everywhere. Love it. Gosh. Absolutely love it. Now I gotta go play that remix. Oh, oh, and then you then you gotta go to the Always Be My Baby remix, because that's what I did. Cause I was like, oh, now I gotta listen to the Always Be My Baby remix, which I've been loving for many, many a decade. Yes. It I can't even get into it because I won't stop how good that f- remix is. Super good. So My question good. is, did she like rewrite the lyrics on the fly? Is that improvised? Right? Like, how do you even do that? Like, like it's different it's lyrics. Crazy. Yeah. Like, just, it's, people don't even know. They don't know. They don't know. They do not know. They should know. And they cannot even do it themselves. No, they wish they could do it. Yeah. They wish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we're going to uh, continue this conversation over on Patreon. We're going to wrap this episode up. But uh, thank you for listening. Absolutely. If you enjoyed this show, please do us a huge favor. Two favors, or maybe three. Please double. <laughs> we'll make it four. Let's just make it an even four. I'll Let's come do some up work with- right now. <laughs> make sure you're following us on your podcast app because when you hit follow, it just sends a message to the apps. It helps us grow. It's a whole thing. You'll be surprised what a difference it makes, but it really does. Um, so please double check your pit follow push that little button. Nothing happens. You just get alerts or barely even alerts when there's a new episode, but it really helps us out. If you're on Apple podcasts, hit the five star button, please leave a review. That really helps the show grow as well. Drop in an emoji. Tell us your favorite Mariah club mix. Anything it could be anything. As long as there's activity, we love it. it um, and then if you really want to support the show and you want bonus content, come join us at patreon.com slash the mariah report five bucks a month cancel anytime there is tons of content over there right now that you can go and listen to um it's a good time it's a fun community of mariah report listeners slash mariah fans we're all talking we read out comments it's a good time good times yes 
And that's it. So we'll see you over there. (laughs) Bye. Bye.